0: Hi, this is Matt. I'm bringing you a bonus episode of the You Need More Money podcast. What you're about to hear is an interview that I did. I conducted the interview with my friend, Rick Sapio, and Rick manages $2.3 billion uh, worth of money. It encompasses, he's bought and sold somewhere around 130 companies in his career, and he and I have become very, very good friends. Rick is a very successful guy, and he lives his life based on three principles predictability, simplicity, and leverage. And one of Rick's concepts is this thought process of killing Superman. And we talked about it in this webinar, specifically called the Killing Superman webinar, in which he believes that every business owner needs to kill Superman within their organization. That chaotic person, man or woman, who says, The business won't operate if I'm not in charge of it, all right? Everything has to run through this person. They have to make all the important decisions. And Rick's stance in his business ownership is, why would I want that to be me? Why do I want one person in my organization to have to run everything? I want systems and processes in place to make the success predictable, to make the process simple, So that I can leverage it up and open more locations or hire more people or make more money. It's a very simple process. And Rick has taught me that because I was Superman. So enjoy this episode of Killing Superman, a bonus episode on the You Need More Money podcast. I appreciate everyone's support in subscribing, sharing, liking, and most importantly, leaving reviews and putting this information into play in your own lives. I'll see you down the road. Enjoy this one. We're talking about it today on the webinar because I believe countless people fall into this exact same trap. The downside is maybe they don't achieve the success that I achieved and they just stay stuck in the mess forever. Isn't that the plight of most small business owners?
1: The crazy thing is, we start a business because we want freedom. And five years into it, we realize not only are we employees of the very business that we started, but we're taking on everybody else's problems. So we're adding chaos and stress and strain and sleepless nights and all the things that we did not want.
0: Of course. It's the thing that we thought we were leaving, right? And we ended up getting it. So I want to welcome everyone to the webinar, the Killing Superman webinar. You're in for a treat. Um, I don't do many webinars. Rick doesn't do many webinars. This is something that we're doing out of the passion to help other business owners. And even if you're not a business owner and you're attending the webinar, you're going to learn a lot of things that may, you, you may be able to put into your world uh, and your life that might actually begin to create some consistencies and drop some of the chaos. I want you to know as an attendee that we have a lot of things going on. The first thing is I want you to offer your comments. Um, On the upper right-hand corner, you have the ability to chat with us on this webinar. And for everybody that chats, you enter a pool, because I'm giving away 30 copies of my buddy Grant Cardone's book, the brand-new book, Be Be Obsessed or Be Average. So ask us great questions on this webinar. JP will tell us in the studio what your question is, and you'll be entered into the pool. If we get 30 questions, everybody gets a book. If we get 40, we're going to pick the best. And if we get 20 questions, everybody wins a book. So let me just do the quick introduction on who Rick and I are. My name is Matt Monero uh rick and i are both based in dallas now although rick is from new york and i grew up in connecticut but we're longtime texas guys now um i'm here 20 plus years i started a company from a one-bedroom apartment with a phone and a folding table 21 years ago and since then we've done well over a billion dollars in equipment financing i now have four companies all within the transportation space um i'm the author of the book the grit so when you registered for this you would have gotten a link for the ebook and the audio book of this, The Grit, I'll make sure that in a follow-up email, everybody gets the, the link to those as well. And uh, I'm also a three-time winner of the Inc. Magazine Top 500, Top 5,000 Fastest Growing Companies in America. We won that for 2014, 2015, and 2016. And if I do say so myself, that's hard to do after 20 years in business, right?
1: Very hard. So that was good. And tell us about your wife and kids. <laughs>
0: I'm happily married uh, 18 years with three amazing boys, 15, 12, and 11, and I hit the lottery uh, in that category, my man.
1: I bring that up because one of the reasons why I teach this material, even though I'm a, a busy entrepreneur like everybody else who's in business, but I want you to spend more time with your family. And my wife would be upset if I didn't start with I am the proud father of four young children. I got married very late in life. And uh, I'm in the Dinosaur Dads Club, which means you're on your first marriage, but you had children <laughs> after 50. <laughs> so uh, since, <laughs> since 1994, I have uh, run Mutual Capital Alliance, so we're about to celebrate 23 years. I uh, also founded Business Finishing School to find companies to invest in. And what we found is that a lot of companies we couldn't invest in because they didn't know the basics of business, what we call the foundational principles of business and companies that follow these principles we've seen double triple quadruple their revenue we actually had one uh, member who was about to go bankrupt but followed the principles and sold their business for three million cash 11 months later Mm -hmm. Uh, we've invested over the years in 117 companies uh, and we do that through our funds that we we manage uh, and I've done, you know, a lot of things as it relates to helping small businesses grow. We've had over a 1,000 members in the program, which means tens of thousands of people have been impacted from families to employees. So excited to be here, Matt.
0: Well, Rick, I, I mean, I'm so happy to be here. Again, it's not something that you and I do all the time. These These webinars are not a... Part of our real business strategy, but we want to do it to help entrepreneurs and help business owners get out of this soup, this soup called the Superman complex, which means, and we're going to go into very specific details, we're going to do a test in which you will see how you rank in the Superman quadrant. And part of that test are the takeaways for you on the webinar. So it's a 10-question test. We'll get through it pretty quick. But as we go through it, I want you to look at it as those are the takeaways. Those are the things that you can put into place, you can improve upon, and you can get better for just spending 30 or 40 minutes with Rick and I today. So with that said, let's get into it, Rick.
1: So we believe, both, both Matt and I and at Business Finishing School, That being an entrepreneur and creating value is one of the purest forms of self-expression and fulfillment in the world. The most fulfilled people are successful entrepreneurs. An entrepreneur isn't somebody that has to necessarily have a business. My wife is a stay-at-home mom who's very entrepreneurial about creating outcomes in our family. So to me, an entrepreneur is someone who takes whatever situation they are in and looks to create outcomes. So it doesn't matter if you're an employee or you work for a nonprofit, or you're a business owner or whatever. Our objective is for you to be the best entrepreneur and business person that you could possibly be, full stop. So when you look at the top of the slide, it says your blueprint to exponential business growth and success. And we have case study after case study after case study of people that were never exposed to this material. They got the material and they've been transformed. Much like Matt, he mentioned three months ago. Now, I knew him before he went to finishing school. It took him about, what, a year and a half to show up. And then he showed up and he said, I had no idea that this is what it was. Why didn't you tell me?
0: <laughs> Why did not you push me harder? <laughs> yeah. but, but I am... A perfect example, a real life example of somebody who took what I learned at business finishing school and not, I, although I have done some ripping and tearing in the office because it's not just straight up, y'all, as all entrepreneurs know that. It's ups and downs. The key is you, over time, you want that needle to keep moving up. But I've had to do some hard changes in this office for the betterment of the future. So my company last year, we did a hundred in. 4 million. This year we'll do 135 million. And my goal is to go to a billion dollars. But I knew when I hit the 100 million mark that the way I got there was never going to get me to the billion dollar mark. And the reality is, I was Superman. I beat this place with a stick. It was my way or the highway. I was um, abrasive at times, I was um, non sympathetic. And I make no apologies for that. I had to do, coming from zero, I had to do what I had to do to get to that $100 million mark. I was going to die before I got to the $100 million mark. And what I learned is there's so many other people that did it without all the stress and aggravation and pain. Thank God I have a wonderful wife who tolerated all the sleepless nights, the anger, the fights, the, just the disruptiveness that my business caused in my life. And when I look at you, Rick, you don't you don't seem to have that stuff. It seems to run very calm and easy for you at much higher levels than I'm at. And so I learned. And then I started to put the stuff in place. And there was some ripping and tearing. We lost some people. We lost six people who quit or were fired, didn't like the changes I was making. But then just this morning, I got an email from one of my veterans who said, who, she said, um, I didn't trust it. I didn't believe you were capable of changing, but now I've seen it, I believe in it, and I trust you, and I thank you for doing it for me and this company. And that was just from this morning.
1: And that's all in a few months of being exposed to it. So can you walk them through from your perspective what uh, the causes of Superman syndrome are? perspectives
0: yeah i mean here it is the first and foremost in in my interpretation of superman complex is stress both internal and external i mean i'm i'm 300 pounds and i should probably be 240 that's because of my business i work out four days a week i like to watch what i eat but i i have a tremendous amount of ongoing stress and that, that i paid a physical price for that so that's what it causes for one number one number two all roads lead to superman as the savior in other words you believe that you are the fix-all, that it, no one can make the right decision if it isn't run by you or maybe that you make that decision.
1: And what is that doing to disempower all the people around you? And that's the horrible cost of that.
0: If that's what you – if I want that prosperity, I want that freedom, I want that roadmap for my employees because it's what I want for myself. But when you're Superman, you're, you're pouring water on the fire every single day. And then you know what? They just stop. Exactly. They just they just say, I'm not even gonna fight the fight and then look at what it does to your company culture. It kills it. But yet you as Superman think that it's an amazing place. Oh it's, it's unbelievable. Look at what look at what it's done for me. And everybody's starting to say, I, I'm gonna put my resume out. Yeah. Right? Exactly. It's just not the place I signed up for. Um, the third thing it does is it Superman Complex produces a lack of clarity within you and your organization and really because you have no org chart. You are the org chart. And so people don't know what they're supposed to do. They don't know what their role is. And so for us, the creation of this org chart, which we had done long before, but as Superman, I would always drop in and steal their thunder, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the, the clarity has been unbelievable. Uh, number four, inability to scale your business and your personal income. And that was an absolute must for me. I could have, I, I should be five times the size we are right now. We're already one of the largest independent finance companies in the transportation equipment finance space. And I should be the number one. Mm. I should be the dominant spot. I shouldn't be number two or number three or number four, whatever it is. There's no ranking. That's just what I'm told. And we should be number one. We're an amazing company. But I I squashed it for years. Um, Here's the thing that I took from business finishing school and Rick's teaching the most, though. The next three things. Superman Complex creates a lack of simplicity, a lack of probability, and a lack of leverage. Those three words, simplicity, probability, and leverage. I never knew that's what business was supposed to do. You never started a business without those three things in mind. Exactly. And I did the exact opposite. I started my business because it was better working for myself than somebody else. That That really was not the case for a decade. And so I didn't know that it could be easy. I certainly had no probability that next month was gonna be better than this month. It was feast or famine month after month. And then this concept of leverage is so important for entrepreneurs because we think that we're on this island all to ourselves and that we have to achieve before we will be respected and we never ask for help. We never play up. We always just play to ourselves. and, And over the last two years for me, probably the biggest change in my life has been my ability to leverage up relationships.:
1: And what we define leverage as in the program is leveraging yourself through other people and through other companies. There's often way easier things to get thing, way easier ways to get things done than doing it yourself. Obviously, we all know that, but you leverage yourself in a snap. By just coming to a boot camp, Mm -hmm. which now led you to change your entire culture. Just coming to a boot camp, that was trust, which is the next thing. Superman lacks trust in his people. And in the markets, they think, oh, man, what's going to happen tomorrow? When the most successful people I know are calm, they're confident, they trust the world, they trust the universe, they go on sabbaticals. And people go, yeah, but that's because they're successful. No, no. They were that way as young people. They always trusted that tomorrow is going to be better than today. And that's something that anybody can do. You could change your mindset today. So we're gonna fix this and I'm gonna uh, go forward on the slides if you don't mind. Here's what the world looks like to most people and especially today. You You think about 20 years ago, Matt, you had a phone, maybe you had a computer, maybe not, but now all the stuff you've gotta deal with with kids and cell phones and Facebook and Twitter and crap upon crap upon crap. And what we want you to do is take the chaos on the left side of this and turn it into simplicity using a framework and an architecture that we've developed to give you an exponential, uh, a blueprint to exponential uh, growth and success. I love the quote from Oliver Wendell Holmes. He said, I would not give a fig for the simplicity on this side of complexity but I would give my life for the simplicity on the other side of complexity. And what is the simplicity on the other side of complexity? You can use anyone you look up to. Uh, Stephen Jobs, uh, Herb Kelleher from Southwest Airlines, Warren Buffett, we'll take Warren Buffett. He owns 120 companies, sits on $300 billion in assets, and likes to play bridge, and then go to China for three months at a time, and he's never stressed. I've been to their uh, shareholder meetings for the last 15 years, He's always cool. He's always calm. He's always collected. He's on the other side of simplicity. And I have to ask you, why are entrepreneurs with small companies running around like chickens with their head cut off, but the most successful people on earth are cool, calm, and collected, no matter what's going on? Mm -hmm. That's something you need to ask yourself.
0: But but I'm going to tell you point blank on that, Rick. One of the reasons reasons for me, and I think there is a little bit of a deep dive that could happen for entrepreneurs or or most people. For me, it was from a desperation standpoint. I mean, I, I, I came from... From an environment in which my dad, my adopted dad, my real dad left when I was six months old. I never saw him again. My mother remarried a few years later, and and my adopted dad, while he loved me, he he called me stupid, moron, you're an idiot. I came from. I have to prove everyone wrong, mm-hmm. and the only person I can trust. If you can't, tr- if your dad's not there, and your adopted dad is kind of a. <laughs> You know, kind of a tool. Who, who do you trust? And that was ingrained in me from the earliest of early ages, and it carried on in my business career. Mm. Things like I was told this, and I believed it. Full, full, only one hand works the register. Well, I'm not. I'm not selling apples at the grocery store. I mean, who's going to cut checks? Mm. Does that mean I have to? Put them into QuickBooks. I have to print them. I got to sign them. I said, yes, Mm -hmm. it did mean that for me for a long time. Mm -hmm. Um, No one's going to run your business like you. That's just not true. Mm -hmm. There are lots of people who understand that vice president is better than president, and they can't wait to help to make other people successful. Mm -hmm. So a lot of that's, I mean, that's a deep dive there, but it's really true. What is the reason that you're thriving on this chaos?
1: Well, here's the thing. If we can get underneath the, this obsession with proving the world that you're you're enough, let's yeah. call it that way for you. One of my mentors, his name is Phil Romano, very, very successful restaurateur and invest investor into medical devices. He's created billions of dollars in revenue. And I love this story, and I think you heard it at boot camp, but he was mentoring me for a long time, and I just saw him last weekend again. But about seven or eight years ago, he said to me, um who do you know to run a company that we're buying? And he described this medical device company that he was buying. And uh, we spent the whole lunch on this one topic, even though I had a long list of things to talk to him about. He said, I need somebody that's run a public company before. They have to be about this age. They need to live in Texas. And he wouldn't talk about any topic but that topic and a month later uh, i met him again at the same time at the same restaurant and i said hey phil did you ever find that guy and uh, or girl i should say because it could have been the, you know whoever the right person is and he said who who are you talking about i said you, you said you needed someone to run your business <laughs> he said what business <laughs> i said the business you were buying medical device he goes i have no idea what you're talking about <laughs> and i said you got to be losing your mind Are you getting old and he goes
0: oh
1: Now I know what you're talking about. Yeah. He goes, let me tell you the difference between a billionaire, and he pointed to himself, and a millionaire, and he pointed to me, and he said, a billionaire doesn't do anything, no project, no company, nothing, until they find the right person to run it. He said, a typical entrepreneur, they do it all themselves, got to get a website, got to hire, got to fire, got to market, got to do this, got to do that, got to get get an office, and we become gotta machines. And that is a philosophical perspective that he has had from day one. When he was 18, he started a company and his first move was to hire somebody to run it. He's always been a casual, laid back, interesting guy that has never run a business he owns and yet he's produced billions of dollars. So that's where it all starts. So I want to uh, move into the business health diagnostic and we're gonna try to find out what your business success quotient is, which is a number from zero to 100. So really think about it and be honest with yourself and grab a pen and just grade yourself from 1 to 10 on these following questions. Now, Matt brought up before, what is your homework? Your homework is to say to yourself, what do I need to do to have a 10 in this particular category? So we're going to go right to the very first one. This is huge, and we're talking about it right now, Matt. Number one, I have no problem delegating tasks and objectives in my business. In fact, I delegate even the most important objectives of my company. If you delegate everything, you're a 10. If you delegate nothing, you're a zero. If you're somewhere in the middle, grade yourself.
0: Be honest here. Yep. Because what we think, Rick, is we're delegating, but then we're, t- we're dropping back in, right? Hey, yeah. how's that going? Huh? How are yeah. you doing? How can you do it that way? What, what happened? If it was me, I would have done it this way, but you go ahead and do it.
1: You know what the best rule of delegation for me is? Allow your employees to make mistakes. Because you learn from mistakes. Why won't you let your employees learn from mistakes? Isn't that odd? Number two, time management. The way I run my business is relatively straightforward. In fact, I rarely work more than 45 hours per week. And while I am home, I rarely use my laptop, computer, or smartphone for work.
0: I want to ask you a question. you have a Facebook account? I do not. Because when I was at business finishing school, I'll never forget it. Rick said to the group, why would I live a life that would require me to have a Facebook account, right? (laughs) I thought it was so great. Because think of how much time. And I look around this office. I bet this office spends three or four hours a day cumulative on Facebook.
1: What's funny is uh, I got a Facebook post recently. An email came in. I don't know where it came from. And it turns out that someone in my office set me up an account that I never knew existed in 2008. Um, I've never been on Facebook once. (laughs) I'm going to take it a step further. I've never had a smartphone. Okay, Now, does anybody on earth need a smartphone? Of all the people on earth, I need one, right? But I don't have one. Why? Because I don't want to work all the time. I want to enjoy life. I want to enjoy my kids. I want to have dinner with my family every night. I want to go on date night every Monday night. And I could honestly say into this microphone, into this camera, I met my wife 13 years ago. We've had date night every Monday night. Despite anything else that's going on. Because you put the big rocks into the jar first. The big rocks. Your family. Your key relationships. Your spouse. And then you have all these smaller rocks fall in. And I love this quote from Warren Buffett. I hope this changes your life like it changed mine. He said, the difference between successful people and very successful people, is that very successful people say no to almost everything. Mm-hmm. And what does everybody else do? We're addicted to yes. That's why we're working so many hours. That's why we're frazzled. Like this election, that I mean, really, are we, are we going to change the outcome by reading about it and blogging about it and getting mad about it? It's over. You know, uh, I love the quote, um, all suffering begins with one's unwillingness to admit reality. Mm. All right, so we're gonna go to number three. You graded yourself on one and two. As a leader, I always spend more than 50% of my working hours on high level purpose and business strategy. That's what you should be doing as a business owner.
0: No, most of us don't. I can tell you that I have a a friend, I should have called him a mentor earlier because he wanted to be that for me. He's a retired Dallas judge, he's 75 years old, very experienced guy. And he used to say to me, I want you to go into your office, close the door, put your feet up on the desk, pick a spot on the ceiling, and just think for a little bit. And I would say, No, 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 I gotta get it, nah, I can't he he would say it over and over, and you know I do that now, and amazing things come to my mind. Awesome. It doesn't have to be for half an hour, I mean let's not fall asleep necessarily, but take five minutes, put your feet up, get quiet. You, my, my friend Michael Burt, Coach Michael Burt, says you can't see the picture from inside the frame. And it's true. And most of us are always inside the frame, right? When we leave, you've been on the road a lot, you, you, things have a completely different perspective, right? We've got to get away from all this stuff every once in a while.
1: Absolutely. And I schedule that in. And, you know, you think about people like Jeff Bezos who started Amazon. He was broke when he started Amazon. And yet he takes a month, a year off locks himself in a hotel room and does nothing but read. And Bill Gates does that. And, I mean, it's hard for us to fathom, but these are the secrets of successful people. They're focused on strategy. Leadership, I'm very confident that my business employs the right executives on the leadership team. I don't need to hire anyone else to fill any roles on my team. Meaning, if you've got the right team and they're solid as a rock, that's a 10. If you have the wrong team, it's a zero. If you're somewhere in the middle, grade yourself from one to 10. And again, you should be saying to yourself, "How do I get to a 10? That's my homework. My business and personal life are both debt free. This is a tough one because this is something Warren Buffett preaches. I preach it. Debt rots our soul. I mean, people have argued with me, well, why do we have to be debt free? When I meet somebody who's debt free, I've been um, we well, we have invested in over a hundred different companies in the last 23 years. And we look at about 100 to 200 before we make an investment, which means I've looked at something like, I don't know, 10,000 companies. And it's funny, when you walk into a company, I actually could smell a culture. I could also smell if somebody's debt-free. They just look different. (laughs) (laughs) So so that should be Nirvana. Grade yourself. Uh, Values-based decision-making. Since business tends to be very complicated today, I realize that having a crystal clear set of values from which all decisions are made simplifies complexity. Therefore, our business has a clear set of values from which to make all decisions. If you have that, and I noticed when I walked in your office, I could smell a culture here, Matt, that you asked me, what does it smell like? Well, what I smell is clarity. I saw your values on the wall. You welcomed me. You had a nice, bright, cheery person named Julie at the front. Um, it's clean, it's organized, so I'm smelling a a, a culture here. Then I would ask you, are you making all decisions from a clear set of values? You have the values. I believe they're more front and center since boot camp, but I would encourage you and everybody listening to make decisions from that. So do you have values, listeners, and are you making decisions from that 1 to 10?
0: This is an important thing that uh, Rick talks about, which is this doorman principle. Because once you understand what your values are, what you stand for, who you are, what you're not willing to compromise on, then you just drop a doorman in front of it. And the doorman has to say yes or no to the people who are trying to get in. And think of it. If you don't know what you stand for, you stand for nothing. And I'm the guy who fell into these traps. I did it. For I remember having a guy in my office who committed fraud. And that's an automatic termination in our office. But guess what? I didn't have the core values in front of me, and I didn't have them on the wall, and I didn't have them on the poster board, and I didn't have them in my wallet like I do today. And I kept them. The guy committed fraud. Could have cost us a banking relationship. Could have taken food off a hundred plates. If I had those four core values that we run this business by staring me in the mm-hmm. face, gone. Yeah.
1: Here's a very bold statement. Every problem that I have ever had in my life and you have had in your life, Matt and all you listeners, every problem you have ever had started when you let someone or something into your life that was a violation of your values. Period. Full stop. And I've had people challenge me on that and they're like, holy cow, mm-hmm. you're 100% right. And the funny thing is, well, I like to tell the story because it's akin to what you said. I've got a very close friend of mine who I've known for 25 years who um, uh, his secretary was stealing from the company. And she was stealing significant sums. And he found out about a year into it. And he fired her eventually 18 years later. (laughs) 18 years later. So you know the definition of eternity is the time between when you know you should do do something and when you actually do it, because he had to live with that crazy. All right, stress, and we're talking to this. You know, you you mentioned it about me. You're like, you never seem stressed, and I'm not. And the reason is I schedule my life out. There's a lot of rhythms, a lot of systems, and I don't violate them. When it's time to leave, I leave. Uh, I don't bring my cell phone in my house. I do have a phone, but it's a a jitterbug phone.
0: It's a flip phone. (laughs) It it is an old school flip phone.
1: I told my wife, when it breaks, I'll get a new one. That was 2006. It hasn't broke.
0: <laughs> I, I know it sounds crazy, folks, and if you think about it, if you think about what we're trying—the message we're trying to get across to you today—is just look at your life and figure out what areas of massive chaos could be quickly and easily eliminated, and think about what you've done in that. Social media is a just completely irrelevant piece of your life. A smartphone checking emails constantly, all sorts you've just eliminated it from your life and nothing changed for the worse. It's all okay.
1: Yeah, the, that came up on the computer. Um, here's a funny thing. I'm going to show it because you guys could see it. Um, this is my phone, okay? And it's funny, people are downloading apps and all this. I said, "Let me. I'll download that. Okay. <laughs> I mean, do, do we really need two million apps? I mean, give me a break. All uh, right. So number seven, I am never stressed. In fact, I can't remember the last time I was stressed out or reactive about my business. Now, you're probably thinking, of course you're stressed out if you own a business. Not so. You don't have to be. So grade yourself on that. If you're never stressed out or reactive, give yourself a 10. All right, accountability. This is great. Here's the secret sauce here. Each quarter, I sit down with my leaders to formulate our five quarterly company objectives. And then we communicate these objectives to all employees along with a bonus system tied to achievement of these objectives. I met a a billionaire many years ago who took six companies from, he bought them cheap and sold them for over a billion dollars. The last one was Michael's Stores. And he said to me, we have something very simple that we do inside all of our companies. We put our uh, quarterly objectives for each employee on one side of a card and on the other side is the company's objectives for the quarter and i don't really know all the employees by name but when i meet them i go hey how you doing my name is michael let's talk about your card and every employee is required to keep that card Mm -hmm. so one of the problems of employment engagement of employee engagement is the fact that they don't know what the company stands for, what their objectives are, and what the company's objectives are. You could solve that right now with one card in every employee's pocket, and here's what would be on it. So grade yourself if you're doing that. Number nine, from an individual perspective, we have built levels of accountability down through our organization to all employees so that everyone is accountable to clear objectives inside the business, and everyone is crystal clear what's expected of them. Each employee's role is clearly I interview employees constantly inside companies we look at, and I say, um, what's the purpose of the business? Uh, I don't know. We did that at a retreat last year. What are your objectives? Uh, I don't have them. We don't go over individual objectives. What are the company's objectives? Well, I think one of them is to grow revenue. And then the n- next meeting is with the CEO and I go, are employees clear about the business? Oh, absolutely. Everybody knows our purpose. Everyone, ask anybody. <laughs> Everyone knows our <laughs> objectives. Everyone. So there's a disconnect between your reality and your employees' reality. And then lastly, purpose. I feel that personally I am on purpose I also feel that my business has a clear purpose that fully aligns everyone in the company, and everyone in the company can clearly articulate our purpose statement. So do you have a purpose statement, and can your employees articulate it? If that's true, that's a 10. So you're going to add up your score. It's going to be a number between 0 and 100. So do that now. We'll give you a moment.
0: And if you would, once you do the math, go ahead and uh, put the number, your number, in the chat section of the webinar as well and JP will give us an idea of what the scores come in at because, uh, because you're going to be amazed at what the score is.
1: So some of you guys are mathematically challenged, and you're... All right, so here's an interesting thing. The average success quotient score or Superman syndrome quotient is 38. The interesting thing about this is when the employees do the same thing with the same company, the CEO says 38, the employee says 17 on average. So the employees are getting a different perspective. So this is your IQ. How'd you do? Um, before I go there, I want to back up. Can you go back a slide? Yeah. And what we have found is even, you know, when you look at the scoring here, what we have found, and this is almost um, like clockwork, for every 10-point increase in your score, every 10-point increase is a 50% increase in revenue. Mm -hmm. So if you go from a 20 to a 40, that's 50 plus 50. It's a 100% increase. And it's been like clockwork in the program. And the interesting thing is the reason this company exists is to get your score to a hundred. It's but that simple.
0: We did this. We haven't done it company wide, but we did it with executive committee, and every single person scored an F on this.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Not one person was higher than a sixty, I think sixty four was the highest. Mine was <coughs> in the like fifty three or fifty four. So so for those of you who just did that and you, you you think oh my gosh, my score was so low I scored an F. Most people do.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean it gives you an idea of the scale of the problem. I mean, there's just so much that goes into getting out of chaos and running a successful business today. The point is these 10 steps that Rick just went through with you, these are not things that you're going to do overnight. And what's amazing, and I'm sure you're probably saying your, to yourself, wow, how did, how did we implement so many of these steps in a short period of time? Because during business finishing school, you've talked, it could it's certainly multiple quarters and could be multiple years to make this transformation happen.
1: Yeah, I talk about the fact that it's like learning a language. And people say, I'll take a six-week Spanish course and speak Spanish. And it's been proven that to learn a language takes about five years. And to learn the language of business principles takes about five years. And so we have a four-year program of modules, and then we encourage people to stay in. And if you're the type of person that wants the answer now, then you're probably not right for the program. And what I like to do is bifurcate people. You're either a knower, you know, you know it all, you have answers to everything, or you're a learner. We want those of you who consider yourselves learners. You know you don't have all the information, like Matt. You're willing to spend a little bit of time to get a lot of information that you could put on the ground immediately. So if you consider yourself a learner, keep listening. Um, I believe, this is a personal belief of mine, and it's a quote of the program, but it's something that I thought about uh, a long time ago. I believe that absent a very clear purpose... A compelling catalyzing statement. If you don't know what that is, you can Google my name and TEDx and see what it is. But if you're but absent a clear purpose, a compelling catalyzing statement, solid values, and specific objectives, you have absolutely no ability to differentiate between an opportunity and a distraction. And that's what's happening, Matt. And you could you're shaking your head because you're the perfect, uh, quintessential client this type of business because you were a distraction machine and you were following opportunities not based on clearly thought out values and objectives etc
0: it's proactive versus reactive it's it's all of that sort of stuff i mean i i've taken this to such an extent that i actually keep this i actually keep this in my wallet i laminated the card on one side i have my core values on the second side i have my goals I I was able to be successful, though, Rick, because I pushed at levels that most people would not be willing to push at. I was willing to risk it all, and I think that's from zero, that same mindset. It's that must-prove mindset. The sad part is, if you're not willing to push at that sort of insane level of intensity and you don't have this stuff figured out, I mean, really, what kind of life does it play out to be?
1: And you got lucky, Matt, because your wife stayed with you and your kids are good kids and... Uh, et cetera, et cetera, you could have died. I mean, my dad died at 49 from overwork, mm-hmm. and he had nine kids. So I was 13 when he died, but it was because he put all this stress on himself in his business.
0: It's so real. Yeah. It's so real.
1: Yeah. All right, so we're going to uh, talk about now this, and my belief is this needs to be in the backdrop of everything you do. I, I look at these three words as operating principles for your business and personal life. Everything you're doing in your business and personal life can be simplified. I, this just happened to me yesterday. I was talking to an old friend. I hadn't talked to him in a while. He had three kids. He commutes 90 minutes each way to his office. And his kids are in a crazy amount of sports and activities. I'm like Why would you do that to yourself? Why don't you hang upside down in a prison cell because that'll be easier. (laughs) Torture yourself. We
0: torture ourselves. We torture ourselves.
1: So simplicity needs to be at the foundation of your business and personal life. And that means putting rhythms in place. I love the quote, it's easier to do something 100% of the time than 90% of the time. Let me give you an example of that. Uh, my wife and I said, let's do date night every Monday night. We've been doing that for 13 years. It's a lot harder every week. We go, hey, you want to go on date night this week? Yeah, where do you want to go? Oh, I don't know. Let's call the babysitter. Instead, 100% of the time, is we said to the babysitter, do you mind babysitting for the next five years every Monday night at 730? We'll pay you extra. No problem. And then we only go to, uh, we used to go to one restaurant, so they expected us. Now we go to two. But the point is, my employees know, my kids know, my wife knows, the babysitter knows, my in-laws know, everybody knows. That's simple. Probability. Probability is about making decisions that radically increase the probability that you are creating a growing, profitable, sustainable, saleable business. And what do we do? We make low probability decisions. We hire our sister-in-law who just got out of drug rehab because our assistant left. And we wonder why it's created a massive amount of chaos in our life. Instead of increasing the probability of success by finding the single best person in your community for that job, you cut corners. Or you hire salespeople by saying, you know, I think this salesperson's gonna make us a lot of money even though they don't honor our values. And they radically destroy your culture. So you're you, you're doing that, and then leverage is there's all kinds of different mechanisms to leverage yourself and your employees through other entities. It shocks me sometimes when I walk in a big company and I say, "What's your customer uh, uh, relationship management software?" And they've got this cobbled together, you know, series of software and. Excel sheets and everything else. I'm like Salesforce.com. Have you heard of that?
0: (laughs) Right, but Rick, the business owner says I can't afford it. I don't want to be a slave to Salesforce.com. They're going to control my data forever. And the point is, you someone is already controlling your data. Chaos is controlling the data, or Salesforce.com. The leverage thing is really important, though, because I didn't understand it for a long time, and I didn't I didn't know what benefits can occur. From knowing people that truly in all frankness is a self-esteem issue for me it was am I worthy enough for this billionaire to to take part in it but the other thing I realized and as I've begun to leverage up and I know you have with many of the people that you've engaged with guys like Richard Branson and so forth Mm -hmm. they don't talk about the past and they rarely even talk about the present your Romano story He's so far in the future that only a month had to go by, and he can't even remember the past. Mm-hmm. So if you want to leverage up, I think a key takeaway for the audience is you, a, a person of interest does interesting things. You must have something of interest or uniqueness to get some leverage. So so don't just think that doing average is what's going to get your someone's attention. You've got to bring something unique to the table um, if you're going to be able to successfully leverage. But... But to back away from the importance of leverage is, is acceptance of average. And, and I just cannot stress the importance of leverage. All three ridiculously important. I'm not saying leverage is most important, but it's ridiculously important to get to the next level. Who do you know matters?
1: Yeah. And one thing that's underneath all of this, is, and it's really something that I had to get comfortable with, is trust. I have to trust that the universe is going to take care of me. So I I don't have to be at every meeting, and I don't have to coach every employee, and I don't have to um, sell every sale. I I trust if I take a step back, I simplify my life, I only make high-probability decisions, which means I'm saying no to a ton of things. And leverage is all about trusting other entities to help you and people. You know, it's funny. One of the big, uh, c- uh, ne- what's the right word, feedback points I get on business finishing school is the CEO says, I don't have time to implement business finishing school. And I say, why don't you assign it to one of your employees to be in charge of implementation? That will build trust in that person. And they look at me with, like I'm from another planet. Yeah. I never thought of sure. that. I never, why would you add more crap to your plate? (laughs) This is crazy. Successful businesses have patterns to follow. And I love this story because it's so true. I just recently finished a book that Steve Jobs, uh, on his life. And Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak, two guys with zero business experience, zero, created the most valuable company on planet Earth. And they did it using a lot of the things that we're talking about here. The first decision they made was to bring in somebody with business experience who had a third of the business. His name is Markula. And Markula put in a lot of the uh, patterns and things that we're talking about, from values-based decision-making to objectives-based management to um, being very clear about the long-term objectives of the business. And if two... Uh, drug addicts with very little business experience can start the greatest company in the world in terms of market cap. You can too. So none of this is hard. Here's an interesting picture that I found a long time ago. And I don't have to know anything about the foundation of this uh, building to know one thing, that the foundation is flawed in some way. Well, The vast majority of businesses eventually go out of business. It's something like 97%, and the the owners have nothing to show for that. So how solid is your business foundation? How much training have you done in business? And I'm not asking you if you have an MBA. I taught for seven years at SMU MBA School, and what SMU MBA School and all the others do is they train you to be a really good employee at Procter & Gamble. And if that's what you want, go get an MBA. But if you want to learn how to grow an entrepreneurial business to create long-term value and ultimately to sell and create value inside your family, you've got to know the foundational principles of business. Did you want to say something about that, Matt?
0: Look, it just – even when you don't think it's broken, it's probably the time that it is most broken because all businesses are flawed. And structure is the only way that you make it predictable. Here's an interesting thing. One of the things I have found in my life since I have begun to implement a lot of these things. Uh, by the way, on that 10-step program, number eight and number nine, which is the, the uh, deployment of the quarterly objectives to everyone, is an area that we're still struggling with. The cultural, the core values, all this sort of stuff we're solid on. Management structure, all that. That's a tough thing. All of these are kind of tough, if you, but, you, but if you work at it, they get easier. But I find myself now with more time. And you begin to say to yourself, how do I create additional high-value activities with my time? And that's when the scale begins to kick in. Because that, that time could free you up for a leveraged lunch appointment that opens up the door to two or three things that immediately could increase revenue by 20 30 40%. But without the time, without the thought, without the structure, those doors don't open.
1: That's what points to that one question on spending more than 50% of your time on high-value tasks like business strategy. So exactly what is business finishing school and what do I get if I join? Well, I would like to throw it to you, and this is a surprise question and I'm flipping it to you. As a new member of the program who got so excited, you said, look, let's pick a date in the future that you could do this with me. So we had to open our calendars and pick a date. You, you said, I don't do stuff like this, but I was so amped up that someone who had never been exposed to this saw the value here. Mm-hmm. So what is it for you?
0: I mean, I am a successful business owner. I have a very strong and profitable business. But again, it was done through pure grit and push and ambition and relentlessness. And I was, after 21 years, getting tired. My energy isn't this. I used to work 18-hour days, seven days a week. I didn't think twice about it. I, in fact, I relished it. Right? Wow.
1: Did your wife like it too? <laughs> think of
0: that, though. Think of the time, all the missed opportunities, right? Yeah. Um, and so I was looking for structure and rhythms. But what I got with Business Finishing School, and I bought the entire program that weekend. I said, I'm in. I don't want the monthly thing. I'll take it all. I'm committing all in. But we get these amazing modules that are videos that Rick put together that tell you the the next step in this linear process of making these changes and implementing. But then you get tremendous text and exercise and workbooks, too, which come along with it. And what I was able to get was an accountability group, which um, I'm so thankful for this accountability group that I have with these guys, that um, I finally have a place where I can actually trust a group of people based on criteria, by the way. It's not based on a whim, right? Mm -hmm. We have guidelines. We have agreements. We have covenants that we as the accountability members had to agree to. we meet every Thursday morning, 7 a.m. Central Standard Time, and not one person has missed, and one guy's all the way in Malaysia. I don't even know what time of day it is in Malaysia when he calls
1: Wow. I had no idea. So just to list uh, some of the things, and I'm going to let you finish up on this, but uh, there's 48 modules, starting with foundational principles, There are uh, two boot camps a year that are optional. We encourage you to bring your staff there. Even if you can't go, send your staff. I just had a very close friend of mine call my cell phone this morning, and he said, I'm sending 18 people to the next boot camp because my employees need to get business principles. There's the website, of course. There's a private diary to take your notes. There's workbooks. There's downloadable materials so that you can implement the stuff. Easily, and the best part of all, the second, third, and fourth Tuesday of every month at one o'clock Central Time, we have three calls. Uh, the first call is on mindset, the second call is on financial success, and the third call is on principles and tactics. And the average call lasts twenty minutes, so it's a quick pick-me-up at one Central. And the members call in; they get their, uh, you know, their mindset training on one day and then a week later, they get their financial success training. And the reason why we created that is because so many entrepreneurs, they have absolutely no idea how to manage the money that they make. And then lastly, principles and tactics. So there's a lot of uh, different fountains that you could drink from when you're in the program. Some people just watch the modules and that's it. Some people just go to boot camps and that's it. And some people uh, push it down into their organization. So it's, it's what you want.
0: Look, here's the takeaway I would give to the audience today on, on on really what an entrepreneur is, right? Entrepreneurs want to start and get off the idea. That's what they're passionate about. Some entrepreneurs want to be amazing leaders of the organization that they've started. But rarely do we want to be operators of the business. And it becomes a choice. You have to eventually make that choice. Are you going to be the person that's working in the business every day, or are you going to be the person that's working on the business? And inherently, it's a learned skill. It's not. A, it's not something that everyone is naturally good at, especially not entrepreneurs. So, uh,
1: and, you know, it's interesting. From the time I met you a couple of years ago till now, your level of uh, calmness and clarity has just changed, and it's it's great. I appreciate but, it.
0: you helped me a lot with it. Business well, finishing school helped me a lot
1: with it. You're moving from you know operator to owner, and you know who wants to run a business unless that's why you're put on Earth to do that. There are people that love being assistants. There are people that love being uh, COOs. There are people that love being presidents. So one of the jobs that I have every day is to put people in the right seats on the on, on the bus, and the seat that I never want to hold because I'm horrible at it is actually operating. The business i want to own the business i'm a lot better at that mm. so how do you join finishing school well we would actually would like you to come to a boot camp uh it starts friday at 3 p.m it ends sunday morning this will be our 11th one coming up it's in dallas in february and look at the ticket price uh i just went to an event uh two weeks ago it cost me two thousand dollars for one day this is $497 per person, but you get $200 off if you use this special code, mm-hmm. BFS200. So it's simply Dallas BMI, which stands for Business Mastery Intensive. So DallasBMI.com, enter that promo code, you get $200 off. I highly encourage you to take your spouse, take your employees. Let everybody start getting valuable, principles-based business training because and Matt will tell you he's done a ton of programs as have I we decided to put all the things you need in one simple program
0: my stance is real clear on this though i mean if you're going to get serious about business how you got to start spending a few bucks this is the biggest bargain out there of all the masterminds of all the webinars of all the stuff that you see on social media all these guys who never ran businesses Business Finishing School is an unbelievable bargain. For me it was one of the it was just an absolute no-brainer cuz I got I was looking for one thing, the installation of rhythm some calmness and I ended up pulling so much more out of it. So by the way, for registering for this webinar, you Rick and I have agreed to do 3. And so the net, we have two other additional webinars that you registering for this puts you in the loop. You'll register for the, you, you are now registered for the second and the third. The second one we're going to dig deeper into core values, the creation of this core value, the catalyzing statement, the mission statement of the organization. And the third one is we're going to talk about the installation of rhythms. And rhythms are, are so critical. We have rhythms now. We even put it on our office calendar. It's, it's the sales uh, rhythm. The operations rhythm, the IT rhythm meeting scheduled at the Pacific time. Nobody needs to talk about it. There's no reminders that need to be sent out. we just meet here in those days. Those rhythms that give clarity and consistency. And I used to do those rhythms multiple times a day with multiple people all week, all month. Wow. It seems so foreign to you. Like, why would you? To me, it was so natural to me. It's the way it had to be.
1: Yep. Well, one thing that I love, the quote, and you've all heard it, rhythm set you free. I uh, am 53 years old and I used to be very overweight and I just decided to call the best trainer that I could find and he said, meet me three times a week, you'll lose 40 pounds, but you got to take the coaching. So I got into this rhythm six years ago of working out with this trainer and here's the kicker, Matt. It's only 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. We do 30 sets in 30 minutes, but then I have to fill in what I eat in a special form every day. But that's a rhythm and you know it's lo- accountability too yeah losing you know 30 to 40 pounds is it changed my life yeah it does it's awesome so rhythm set you free you know
0: listen rick i want to thank you for your time i want to thank everybody for their time and joining into this look you got with all due respect and humility you got two smart guys who are who are trying to help other business owners get better from perspective from takeaways and from real life experiences. So, I want to thank all of you for joining us. You'll be getting an email. A couple, a couple things that are important. If you um, sent us questions or comments and therefore would have won the book, I want you to email me at, at cff. That's Charlie Frank Frank nationwide.com. With your name and your address, we'll get the books out to you. I want to thank everybody for these 45 minutes. Rick, thank you, buddy. No, it
1: was fun. Appreciate thank it. you.
0: That's our episode this week with your host, Matt Monero. Check us out every Friday at 12 p.m. Central as we discuss money, your life, and how you need more money.